bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I am Erica. And Erica is chatty. And it is also a misogynist of the week. I'm looking at myself in like in like the zoo. And I'm like, holy shit, I look like a normal. Just so basic. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the last time I saw you wear a cardigan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But I do own one. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> All you need is like a string of pearls and you're a full Stepford wife. <laughs> I was at lunch today making fun of normals. <laughs> I really was. I mean, that like, surprised me at all. Ever since we came up with this, I'm all for it. Okay. So, yeah. you know, to all of you who are. Okay. So all of you who are listening to this in your basement with your 60 inch TV screen. Not to say that you're listening to it on TV because I know you don't have a smart one yet. Welcome to Misogynist of the Week where I'm sure you have heard of this person. Carry it through, Erin. This candidate, one, was voted on by Twitter and two, has been someone that we've been kind of saving for a rainy day. And it's not so much that it's a rainy day or that there is any sort of shortage of misogyny in the world, because let me tell you, that is never the case or very rarely the case, but rather we just kind of wanted the person to be a little bit more relevant again. (laughs) Ouch. Oh, oh, this is as bad as when Politico this morning called JJ McCullough YouTuber. (laughs) The shade. And so all that to say, our misogynist of the week is Toronto's lover boy, Drake. (sighs) Okay, so I hate Drake. I'm not a really fan either. Okay, I don't hate him. I just, I, I, he just, he elicits a really strong eye roll for me. Yeah, he's very cringe. He's cringe. You know what he reminds me of? When I think about all of the Gen Zs who make fun of millennials on TikTok and social media, to me that like I envision someone like Drake that they're making fun of. Yeah. Yeah. So Drake has been known for his emo rap, which is like his emotionally, I don't know what you would call. (laughs) I mean, Um, I'm sure other people would say that he's very like in touch with his feelings and very like you know, no, he's whiny. Okay. Let's, let's, let's just put it this way. There's a difference between being in touch with your emotions and being fucking whiny because you feel entitled. Mm -hmm. The latter is Drake. The former is a unicorn. Okay. (laughs) Men get it together. That is my point. But Drake has this like, Oh, you don't call nobody. I remember listening to one of his songs. You don't call nobody. You're, you're, you're trifling. You haven't called me. Trifling. You haven't talked to me. I think it was on the, his, his, his um, album with Future. The most recent one. No, no, no. The 2015 one where Diamonds Are Dancing are, is on it. What a time to be alive. That's the name of it. 
Yes. So What a Time to Be Alive came out in 2015 when Drake was still good and relevant. Mm-hmm. And literally uh, there's there's an ending like a, a to the song. And that's what he says. You don't call nobody. You don't talk to me. And I was just like, and after a while, you're just like, pick up the phone and call, man. <laughs> just pick up the phone to him. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of it has to do with you owe me there's this underlying you owe me this in drake's raps like why does somebody owe you a phone call Mm -hmm. why do they owe you why do women owe you their attention while the flip side of that is like i get all the attention then why are you complaining right drake is kind of like the convoy that way like (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> there are rules to this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that has been that's why Drake, I find him whiny, I find him entitled. I find him to be like a lot of men are where where you they owe you you somehow owe men your attention. You owe them a pleasant demeanor apparently. Okay? Mm-hmm. No matter what you're feeling. And that's privilege and that's the privilege of of what drake displays yeah and i think that this is a kind of generally been his brand since he burst onto the scene and it's kind of this like weird acceptable type of casual casual misogyny that is just kind of like really escalated over the past several years kind of ever since rihanna rejected him which honestly, I don't blame her. And especially... And so publicly, too. And especially since he got called out for having a kid that he was trying to hide. Uh-uh. Right? Like, I think ever since then, it's kind of, he's kind of become a little bit more of a misogynist. And that's kind of all culminated in this release of an album with 21 Savage, not Future, Um, which was released on November 4th. And, you know, typically what discussions about Drake albums talk about his rhymes and like his lyricism and I guess his flow, which I don't really care for, but okay, sure. But instead uh, the, the discourse turned into his observed history of being problematic towards black women which was spurred by an uncalled bar at Megan the Stallion's expense. And this is just, listen, he went for the wrong person. <laughs> listen, he fucked with the wrong black woman. Okay. I don't know. Let me see if I can find this lyric because. So I got it. The, oh, it good. The lyric is quote, this, this bitch lie about getting shots but she's still a stallion she don't even get the joke but she's still smiling oh references the the 2020 shooting um that megan the stallion was involved in in la during an altercation with tori lanes and she was shot in the foot so nothing serious but megan revealed that tori lanes was the assailant and so that led to a big like legal battle in LA and Tory Lanez was charged with felony weapons and assault charges that could land him into prison for up to 23 years. 
Um, and Megan has been very candid about the intense emotional and mental toil that the experience has had on her, which was then also exacerbated by the disbelief and victim blaming from both her peers and in the music industry and the public. This this is really the interesting part of this is that every so often you get a discourse on black Twitter, like men and women, basically, actually all the time. <laughs> I can't wait to think of it. Somebody's always making some comments about how men shouldn't be talking or women this or men that or, oh, my favorite one is when black men go on, get on the mic, please take the mic away from men. <laughs> and they're like, well, black women, they're just so, they're into thugs and they don't want us. No. So, and and I'm just like, I'm sorry, are you dressed like an intellectual? Because mm. that's not the vibe I'm getting from you, brah. Mm. I'm getting player. And the next line is always like, that's why we date white women. And so there is, Drake in itself embodies this because Drake always shits on dark-skinned Black women mm. while elevating the Rihannas of the world. Drake would has nothing good to say about a woman darker than him. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And there's that, and that's the internalized misogynoir that, that Black men can spread and can internalize but I don't even think Drake's really that black where where has he been on black issues I know I've said this on the pod before but where has he been nowhere Drake cosplays blackness like white people where they will do all the cultural stuff and leave all the political and social stuff ignored even Eminem knows better than that you know what even Taylor Swift knows better now yeah well now yeah she does but at least she took the lesson. Yeah. You know, Taylor Swift got criticized because it's like, you're doing all this promo for LGBTQ. Where's, where's all the activism? Mm. And she responded. I'm not sure what she responded with. I couldn't remember. But the point is, is that she responded. What did Drake do during Colin Kaepernick? What did Drake do during George Floyd? What the fuck did Drake do? Not a damn thing. So to me, Drake isn't even black. Yeah. And I mean, say what you want about Jay-Z and his partnership with the NFL, with Rock Nation. But like, he's at least been doing something. Yeah. And and Jay-Z's partnership with the NFL is literally for capitalism. And so that he has a little bit of control over things. Yeah. There you go. What I love about us having Drake here is we could talk about how misogynistic the quote unquote nice guy is. Totally. Totally. I mean, that's the problem with the nice guy trope, right? It's like when you think about it, when you see it in movies and whatever, like more often than not, like the nice guy is going to make some sort of jab at the woman that is the object of their affection, et cetera, et cetera. And those jabs are actually misogynistic comments. There are very few characters in movies and in pop culture that are actually truly nice guys that want the girl that actually then deserve the girl or the the main character. Right. And we're all and it's this it's more of this. Oh, well, all it's more of blaming women for like everything. 
well, the reason that you have all these shitty guys is not because of the guy is because you like those kind of guys or you like assholes. How many times have women heard, well, the reason you're in this because you like assholes? Mm. Well, most of you are assholes. I'm sorry to say. So the pickings are slim, first of all. Second of all, try to get any of you to actually behave as though this partner of yours is an equal. Mm-hmm. And third, try to get any of you to show up consistently for that partner. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's all our fault. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, tell us why this is our fault again. So this jab at Megan Thee Stallion comes from an album called Her Loss. And it's just like the most recent example of who Drake is. The album, the the title itself just suggests that Drake believes that he is the ultimate prize and he is the gift to any and all women. And like anyone who rejects him should like live with remorse for losing him. And I mean, if you think about all of his lyrics from previous albums, uh, his lyrics have kind of always been like this. He yeah, was, they have. Like, even even his good songs are like that. Like Poetic mm-hmm. Justice that he did with um, Kendrick. I was just like, why is this whiny? What? Mm-hmm. But Kendrick is like, I'm in love. Drake is like, I'm in love. So come here. Be in love with me. You know what I mean? It's 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 so it's it's like he throws tantrums. He throws tantrums. Yeah. And so like he throws these tantrums after love bombing and after gaslighting the women that he's into. Right. Like (gasps) I think about that big declaration that he made to Rihanna at the 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 VMAs. VMAs. Right. And she was just like so embarrassed. It was embarrassing. I felt it was so cringy to watch. Yeah. Cringy. Yeah. Like. I've been in love with her since I was like 12. And totally. da, and that shit's so manipulative. Okay, tell us how it's manipulative, Erin. Because it's like coercing women, particularly in like a public arena like that, to like reciprocate on some level. Like I think if I remember correctly, the discourse after was just like one in part, oh my God, Drake did this thing. Oh my God, he loves Rihanna. And then I think the other part was just like, oh, she was just like, cool. And she just kind of like accepted it. And it's just like trying to create this narrative that isn't necessarily true, but then feeling like because men are just so toxic so much of the time that when we are given these like big grand gestures that we need to reciprocate and we owe them something. Yeah, it's it's in part partly partially it's intended to create this this idea of debt. This idea that you owe this man emotionally in some way. Mm-hmm. And usually it would, you know, he will take his payments physically, you know how many are. But yeah, like and and that is like the deeper layer of manipulation, of emotional manipulation that some men do that a lot of men do and it kind of is it you have to dig deeper because it's supposed to come off as a big grand kind of hollywood-esque romantic mm. gesture which is again manipulation and he's showing the world a, a a sense of himself because he also knows he has a lot of female fans 
Yeah. And that's not to say that like grand gestures are always manipulative. But they usually are. It depends on the context. Yes, it does. Okay. Maybe not usually. Like if you have somebody, if you're with somebody who, who is giving period, that's different. But Mm -hmm. if you're with somebody and they, they don't give and they close you off and they push you off. And then all of a sudden there's a grand gesture, then that's, Mm -hmm. that's different. Yeah. That's more manipulative. Yeah. So it depends on who the person is. And like, this manipulation, all of these tactics are just kind of like a way to main gain and maintain control and power in the relationship. Because as you were saying, Erica, you know, you men put all of this pressure on women and blame us for falling for assholes or only liking assholes and not liking the quote unquote nice guy, but, you know, not showing up for us when we need it. And like, let's be very clear here. There's not a chance in hell that Drake is a wife guy. 100% not. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because. No, because this is Drake. I feel like Drake wants top shelf, but can't deal with top shelf. 100%. A lot of men are like that too. Like they can't actually, they can't. Rihanna is a huge star and a better business woman than Drake will ever be. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Do you honestly think if Rihanna and Drake were together, do you honestly think that Drake would let her shine? So also some, there are some men who want top shelf only to smother them Mm -hmm. because of the control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Real breakup vibes here. (laughs) But, but the reason I bring this up is because also on the album, Her Loss, he takes a swipe at Serena Williams's husband, Alexis Ohanian, basically Ooh, calling those, him- Those are fighting calling, words for you. Calling him a groupie because he's a wife guy. Oh, so he called out Alex Ohanian for- it's Alexis, his hold wife? on, it's Alexis. Is, what did I say? Alex. Oh, it's Alexis, sorry. Alexis Ohanian because he supports his wife. Mm-hmm. So does that make is that the new beta male? Is that Apparently. it? Well, give me a beta. Seriously, betas, where are you at? <laughs> what the audacity! You know what? This is this is really men. Why do men think that they know what we want? Because Mel Gibson in a movie once tried to tell us. <laughs> Now that I've recovered, <laughs> men seem to think that all we want are like men with money and successful with good job. And don't get me wrong. You know, I don't I don't date broke men. Like, why would I do that? But like, also, we actually want you to be human beings who are caring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. But men need to understand that relationships are more important than money. And they don't. And that's why they end up alone. Mm. Because we got our girls. We we got our relationships. Women have our relationships. We know that our relationships are motherfucking important. Mm -hmm. Because we've been through Drake's. (laughs) And we need our girls. But it seems that men don't have that sort of emotional support that allows them to be 
full human beings and to be full partners. So no, Drake is not going to do that type of interrogation, that self-interrogation that's necessary to get there because he thinks he all right. And all I know is that all of a sudden Drake being Canadian came up real fucking fast <laughs> with Black America, okay? Because let me tell you, he picked on the wrong Black women. First of all, Black women love Megan the Stallion because she rides for us, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, Black people. Serena Williams is a god to Black people all over the world. This is how I know Drake ain't Black. Okay, so <laughs> she is. She is a god. You don't, you don't take a swipe at Serena or her immediate you know, people and expect to get away with it. So I don't know if Drake thought he was bigger than Serena, but he ain't. Not even fucking close. Not close. You could talk about sales and this and that, but there's nothing new about Drake. There's everything new about Serena. Serena has broken barriers. Drake has just broken wind. Um, Alexis was recently interviewed for a profile, something that he hasn't done in a while. And uh, did you did you did you read it like four times? You know, you're a fan. You know, you're a fan. And, you know, I know that you're like, see, I know how to pick them. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Hey, hey, we've all had dubious dick. Always remember that, ladies. We've all had dubious dick. Some of y'all having it right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All that to say. It's all good. Alexis was recently interviewed and he was talking about his marriage to Serena. And one of the quotes that he gave was that he found in Serena a partner that he knew that he would never be able to outgrow. (gasps) Which is, which is one very beautiful and two also made me feel a little sad for his ex-girlfriend because I know her. Oh, you know his ex, and you knew you knew he would outgrow her, eh? Uh, well, I know her through him. Oh. And of course, Drake has some questionable relationships in his past, especially with one young Millie Bobby Brown. Now, Yikes. I'm not saying that they were in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying. I am not saying that. I'm not saying that it was anything... But, but hey, how you doing? Bye, da-da-da. But they text him, okay? Why is Drake at, Drake is like 36 years old. This story came out like, what, four years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Okay. Millie Bobby Brown was 13 at the time. Drake was like 32 or 33. What the fuck could a 32-year-old or 33-year-old have an interest with a 13-year-old That tells me, look, whenever I see big age differences with men and women, like over like eight years kind of thing, over seven years, that kind of thing. I'm like, no, I think over eight years, let's say. I think, oh, you like to be in control. Mm. Because men who like to control women don't want a woman that they can grow with. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like. Yeah, I also agree. I don't think it was anything sus involved, but definitely a dislike. Bro, you're a celebrity and there are optics here. 
And if you like, want, are you grooming her, her? Like, what are you doing? If you want to talk to her, go through your agents. Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to hang out. What are you going to hang out with a 13? Are you, what is this boys and girls club? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I'm just saying like, that's the only, <laughs> you know what I mean? So Erica, you know, we're not at the boys and girls club, but we are at the end of our episode. <laughs> All this to say, subscribe. You know this is why you're subscribed. You got why Drake isn't Black, and you got relationship advice from people who have gone through therapy. Yeah. So there. Neither of which are in relationships, but you know. (laughs) Listen, I just got out of one. So there. I was going to say I'm still sort of fresh, and I'm like, no, I wasn't. No, forget it. It's over. Forget it. Anyway, head to badamitchie.com, become a paid subscriber to access the back catalog and to get full episodes of all of our podcasts and uh, find us on social media, I guess. Much, much uh, well, your, first, your regret. Well, yeah. And we'll see how long Twitter lasts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Erica, I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.